We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before you guys listen to another episode of The Corner Podcast, make sure you guys show your support for the show by clicking on patreon.com slash the corner podcast and showing support for both Andreas and myself. We're trying to bring you guys exclusive content for the new year. That means exclusive shows, guest interviews, fan appreciation episodes, a little bit of everything on a weekly basis. And the way you get that is by signing up on patreon.com slash the corner podcast. There's different tiers, whether you guys want to donate $5, $10, or $15 a month. You guys get exclusive content and access to us, yes, both Andres and I, every single week. And this way, we can bring you guys the stuff that you want, such as merch, live shows, and even bigger episodes of The Corner Podcast in 2019. Thank you guys for your support. Now let's get into this week's show. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. As always, Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. It is a nice week for some combat sports talk, and we have tons of it later on in the show. And then also, make sure you guys are going online onto our social media and clicking the links for our live show, Memorial Day weekend, May 23rd. That Thursday, downtown Las Vegas at the Nerd Bar, the Corner and Friends live podcast with us, the guys from Views from the 7, and the duo from Red Cups and Wine Glass. It's going to be a great show, some fun stuff. Try to get, this merch is moving, so we should have the merch out there. Everyone who supports on Patreon, you guys are getting your shirts for free for being Patreon subscribers. 
So make sure you guys send me your addresses. I'll be shipping those out. So big week, big month coming up. It's going to be real fun. Only a couple weeks away. But Dre, what I'm focusing on happens 48 hours from now. Are you excited? For what? Oh, this is exciting as you get. Avengers! Dre, oh. it, it's a couple hours away. Now, see, there you go. There goes a little excitement. I, got a, I can't remember what day it is half the time. Yes. <laughs> Avengers, yes. when are you seeing it? Do you even have time to see it on Thursday? I don't know, man. I'm really trying to figure that out. I was talking to my wife last night, and she was like, uh, she, you know, because her finals in law school start next week. Oh, gosh. So, she is, so we're trying to figure this out, and I'm like, yo, we have to see this because I can't go into the following week not knowing what happened. I, and I'm, It'll be ruined for me. Either that or I'm just going to be a hermit, and I'll be hiding on, on a, <laughs> off of social media. So we're trying to see it Thursday, um, one of the first showings. See, it's funny because y'all that live in, like, big metropolitan cities like New York and shit, y'all got the, had it sold out for, like, four days. I have a movie theater that's literally across the street from my house, and I'll be I'll just walk in and buy my ticket. So I'll probably see it Thursday, either Thursday at 6 or Friday, like, early in the morning. And I told everybody at The Zone, The Sport News, like, yo, if I'm not signed on, it's because I'm seeing The Avengers. <laughs> that was smart play. Yeah, waiting, waiting is almost impossible. I hate the people who already saw it in L.A., yeah, and are kind of like yeah, hinting towards stuff. I had to hit up Rob from BSO and be like, "Yo, I don't want to see anything about this. Don't talk to me. Don't tell me anything. I don't need to know a thing." And he has a a review up, a non spoiler review. It's like, nope, everything to me is a spoiler. Yeah, pretty much. And you know, because I was part of that crew too. Like I used to have advanced screeners for all the movies, and I just don't have time for this shit anymore. But my boy Jerry Barrow from, that works at BT put up a question that I thought was uh, interesting because he's like, why read a review for a movie that you're going to see anyway? Like, why would you read it before? So, like, IGN has their Avengers. Because this is what I do. I don't read anything until, until I either hear the album, see the movie, play the game, whatever. Well, play the video game is a little bit different. I might read the reviews in advance to determine whether I'm going to buy it or not. But what I usually do is I see what the score is. Just out of curiosity. That's the only thing I usually look at. I won't read the review. Okay. I, See, that's what was spoiled for me, too, by the way. I didn't even want the Rotten Tomatoes score. And then someone texted me yesterday, like, did you see Avengers has this score? I'm like, fuck. Well, don't, don't tell me anything. Nah. See, I, I'll, I may look at the score for something that I'm going to see, but I'm, like, on the fence about. I yeah. may look at the score. Like, something like Pet Cemetery, the new Child's Play movie. Avengers, on the other hand, I, I'm like, why? Like, I'm going to, I want to see this completely blind. Yeah. I don't want any hints because a non-spoiler review still talks about the movie. It yeah. still talks about <laughs> the set pieces. It still talks about the <coughs> excuse me, the action sequences. It talks about a lot of things. And even though they're not telling you who's dead or what happens, but if somebody was like, and then you know, Captain America versus Thanos, I don't, even, I don't want to know that. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Like I don't want to know anything. So it's a good question. I don't read reviews. I don't read album reviews until I hear the album. I don't read, watch movie, read movie reviews until I see the movie, and then I, from there I figure out am my am my reviews in line with this individual? Because there's a lot of shitty reviewers out there too. Oh yeah, but like I feel like most people have like their go-to reviewers on yeah. what, whatever it may be, um, and I, I'm the same. Like yo, I'll go back and read reviews. One thing I did I did that with Game of Thrones. There's like a ton of like season reviews on Game of Thrones. When I finished the season, I'd go back and be like, what did this person say? Right. 
And that makes sense. Yeah, and to see like, okay, but I was like powering through it. But I was still like, okay, let me see like the little nuanced stuff I might have missed. And these people have a general idea of what's going on. They watched it as it was going. So uh, I'll go through that and look on it. One of my joints is actually Nerdcore Movement. Love that site. That's Damon Martin, right? Yeah, it's Damon's site. So uh, that's like my go-to. But I usually read stuff. I know the people, right? So I'll go. I'll read Damon's reviews. His Game of Thrones reviews are top-notch. Shit's crazy. So he has his Avengers stuff going up. I'll go read his after I watch it. Same thing with music. I don't read nobody's music reviews. If it doesn't come from you, Shake, something like like if I don't know you, you put I I don't have no use for it. Yeah, I, like it's, it, you're right. It's crazy, but a lot of people are going and reading these reviews, and there's the people online that have to be Captain Spoiler. Yeah, see, that's my other thing. Like, and I I'm can't not punch them in the face. I'm not big on muting people, so I'm really limiting my time on social media. Like, I'll pop in here. Like, I, I have it to where I pretty much, like, if I open up my tweet deck, I just have it where I can write shit and see my mentions. Like, I can't <laughs> see what's going on because, it's, it's I, one, I follow too many people. And then, two, by the, if, if I get the shit spoiled, I might throw my computer out the window. Like, I did the same thing with us. Like, I wouldn't read a review. I was like, I'm not reading a review because why do I want to do this? When Get Out came out, didn't read a review. Couldn't do it. I was like, I'm not going to read this shit. I'm going to go see the movie and I'm going to judge for myself. One, because I'm a fucking critic. This is what I do. So <laughs> I don't need my, my review influence. And people will say it's not influence. Bullshit. It, your views of a film get influenced if you re- watch. If you read a review before you go see it, you already have a preconceived notion of what it's supposed to be. So yeah. now you have a bar set. And once you have a bar set, it's either above or beneath. Me, I'm going in completely blind. So if the shit is trash, it's completely, I'm completely blind on it being trash. And, but I, I would write that it's trash. And maybe people would be like, your review is crazy, but dog, I came in blind. Yeah, so now, since we are blind, we can make honest predictions. Who dies, straight? Somebody got to die. Man, I feel like Tony Stark's got to go. See, I don't want that. It hurts my heart. I think him and Cap are going to die. Yeah, see, it, I mean, it's, it's so far off from, like, comics, and you try to figure out, like, you continuously try to figure out who fits where in the comics, like the Civil War, tri- like the Civil War series, the Infinity Gauntlet series, um, I forgot what was after that, but I kind of, like, Captain America dies in, like, the Civil War comics, so, but he didn't die in the Civil War movie, so it feels like Chris Evans' time is up, but you really don't know. I mean, between this and Game of Thrones, it's like, dog, I don't know who's gonna make it. And oh, this is I'm, gonna be a week of death. The, yeah. the whole week, a week of death. I just caught up on Game of Thrones. That shit was amazing. Because everyone knows they're going to die. The, the whole last episode, spoiler alert if you guys haven't seen it yet, was all about them knowing they're about to die. Yeah, it's making amends, man. Like, it, it's really... I keep saying it, right? Stop being that guy, again, from, from a couple weeks. Stop being that guy or girl who says, I'm proud I didn't see Game of Thrones. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like again it's like it's it's like saying pizza is delicious and you saying i'm not gonna eat that because everybody says it's delicious no fool go try it if it's not delicious then you don't gotta eat it but don't be that person i'm not gonna eat that pizza because everybody says it's delicious well why won't you try it because everybody likes it that's the dumbest fucking reason not to try something <laughs> yeah no nah, i mean i'm glad i caught up in the little bit of time that i did uh elena was asking me yesterday she was like you really watched the whole thing i was like yep watched everything she was like is it good i was like Yes, it is. She was like, hmm. I was like, I'll watch it again. 
I was like, you. I was like, listen, if you want to start from episode one, I'll watch it again right now, and we'll do. We'll just let it let it rock. I have no problem. It's one of those series. When I like something, I could watch it over and over and over. And I looked her dead in the face. I was like, nah, you want to start it? She was like, what is it about? I was like, it's not as childish and whimsical as Harry Potter. Because she was like, is it like Harry Potter? Because you like Harry Potter. And I was like, no. I was like, it doesn't have as much magic and shit. I was like, it's like history. It's a moment in history. It's like more medieval. There's some stuff that suspends belief. But I was like, yo, the plot line is like when she she just binged Sopranos like a couple months ago. And I was like, this shit's a medieval Sopranos. And I was it's, like, Tony yeah. Soprano was going to be the head of his family, right? And But he had to battle other people along his way to be the head of this mob boss family. And then when he gets there, other people are getting whacked and all this shit. She loved all that. I was like, it's the same thing in medieval times. Except it's a throne and not the head of the family. But people are getting whacked left and right. Yeah, and there's an incoming threat that's bigger than everything. Yeah, and so she was like, hmm, I'm interested in that. But I was like, it's exactly like The Wires, exactly like Sopranos. I was like, the same story is told over the best of series, right? And she loves Breaking Bad. I was like, it's the same shit. It's just not drug dealers. It's not meth. It's a throne. But you get all these characters and you get these people fighting for turf and to be the number one person. Yeah, and I mean, it's about relationships. It's about payoff, too. Like, one, one thing with... Game of Thrones, I think, supersedes a lot of shows, is that there are some things that happen in an episode that you don't get the payoff until, like, three seasons later. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, it happens a lot. Yeah. It's worth it. So if y'all not watching it, y'all bugging. If, you, like, if you're not a Marvel person... See, I can kind of understand when people are like, I don't really like comic books. All right, fine. You don't like superheroes, whatever. I'm going to see Endgame. Fuck what you heard. And I'll <laughs> Three hours of my life, dog. That shit could have been six hours. I would have been like, cool. Oh, we would have been chilling in there. I would have had snacks, like supermarket snacks. I would have even paid for regular snacks. I might have had a whole Smith's rotisserie chicken. Yeah, no games. No games. No, a bottle of hot sauce. I, I ain't playing around. I might the see it twice by, this weekend. The theater by my house, the downtown Summerlin Theater, has the bar. Oh, and it's like, fancy. Now, yeah. There's one of those over here by me, too. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's expensive, and I usually don't go because even the drinks are, like, really expensive, right? But for this, with the recliners and the waitresses, yo, yeah. I'm going all out. Um, I just saw a movie in North Las Vegas. I know you guys are listening nationally. But uh, North Las Vegas is my old stomping grounds where I went to high school. So there's one, like, right next to uh, Rancho High School. And for Dre, who is, grew up here as well, uh, it's on Las Vegas Boulevard and Civic Center. Is that the black-owned theater? Yep. All right. The Mayan Theater. That shit is actually really nice. It happens to be the back end of it is on Donna Street, though. Yeah, that's so, like the stratosphere. Like, you can't go out the back end. You might die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's heavy cripping on the back end. Don't go around there. Don't try to park. The park where it's well lit. But the theater was great. I was like, yo, this shit's crazy. But that same thing. They got the bar. They got the little buttons. The waiters and waitresses will bring you stuff during the movie if you want. It's a cool little setup. So, uh, nah, I was thinking about going all the way out to Northtown to watch it. But I think I'm just going to the Palms or not even the Palms. I don't even know where the hell they got these tickets. Town Square or something. So, decently nice theater. We got in where we could fit in. We don't, you know, I didn't opt for the boondocks like you. Know where you live. But it's it's going to be a dope weekend. Uh, between that, Game of Thrones, and my personal Christmas is the NFL Draft. 
So I get all of that wrapped up in a matter of like three days. I am I'm all in this weekend. And then, of course, fitting in all the combat sports that we have to pay attention to. Before we move off of this whole Marvel comic book tip, there was a dope list. I think we got tagged on it on Twitter. Uh, at Champ Creed, a dude on Twitter, I think tagged us earlier. He did a full top 100 superhero comic book films of all time. Jesus. That shit is deep. But he included like graphic novels in this. Mm, yeah, that makes it really complicated. Yeah, so like V for Vendetta's on it, 300's on it, uh, Watchmen is in there, all the Trash. Hellboy movies. Watchmen was trash. Anybody who enjoyed the Watchmen movie and read the comic, you know it's trash. (laughs) All the Hellboy movies. I'm a big Hellboy fan. But he went through, and the rankings were were pretty close, but there were some outliers, like always. But I was like, I figured I'll bring it here. We're like, yo, Dre, what's your top five superhero movies? Because you watch all of these. Like, religion. These are two things you're all about. Movies, because you're a movie buff, first and foremost. You still own DVDs of, like, wild shit. Yeah. So, and then comics, which is another passion. So, top five superhero movies. One thing that stood out to me, and it might be in my top three superhero movies, Spider Man Two was twenty one on his list. Spider Man Two was pretty good, but Spider Man Two with Doc Ock. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, now nah, you know what? No, twenty one. No, that was twenty one. I can't name twenty movies better than that. Superhero movies better than that. But I, if I had to go off of the top, I know I'm going to forget some stuff. I would go Captain America Civil War, Winter Soldier are both in my top two. Or excuse me, in my top five. Spider-Man 2. And then the original Blade, which is something I watched on his list. And I was like, yo, I forgot about that. The original Blade was groundbreaking for comic book movies. Yeah, so that was. shit's on there. And then... Dark Knight. Oh boy, that's this is tough. <laughs> you put me on the spot. Like I've seen a lot of goddamn movies. Um, I'll tell you what's in my top five that no, I don't know if anybody else has that listed. Uh, is Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Oh, are we counting that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a graphic novel, right? Yes. I love Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I absolutely adore that movie. I think I've seen it like a hundred times. Yep. Um, <laughs> that is absolutely in my top five. Um, I play the Envy song randomly in my car. Just riding around. <laughs> like that shit. Clash of Demon Head. Woo! Nah, that movie's uh, fire. A, a new movie that has entered that list is uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Holy shit. That I is still good. haven't seen it. Wow. Um, I watched it and it, like it is... It is absolutely remarkable. Like, I had, you know, my nephew and my brother-in-law, they all went and saw it. Like, I didn't have time. And I was like, I'll see you when I see it. So I did. A, I just bought the 4K Blu-ray. And I was like, let me finally watch this. And if anybody knows, I was on Facebook. My boy Aqua had talked about it. He's like, I'm late. And he's like, dog, I'm late too. But holy shit, <laughs> is this movie good. Um, that's in my top five. Uh, I might rent that tonight just on my Amazon and just watch uh, it in the living room. It is, you know... Abs- it is absolutely worth it. Um, <clears throat> Winter Soldier, I'm trying to think if that's in my top. Like, Winter Soldier, Black Panther, uh, Civil War. Ooh, they should be in there. Dark Knight Rises? See, it was hard not to put Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, but the Joker takes Dark Knight over the top. <clears throat> yeah, you're probably right about that. Dark Knight, yeah. First, yeah, yeah, Dark Knight definitely. 
And Bane um, was dope, but the, that Joker character is just the best character in comic book history. Shit. Or, I mean, in, like, comic book movie history, Heath yeah. Ledger's Joker is the number one character. I really enjoy V for Vendetta, and, like, V in that movie, he's really up there on my individual people list, but, yeah, the Joker's just next level. Uh, yeah, this is hard. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you have to get back you to You already gave, like, four of them. <laughs> I know, but these aren't even for sure, because there's, like... There's movies that I really like that aren't in my top five, but I thought the comic was actually better. Like Kick-Ass. I love the comic book Kick-Ass. I thought the movie was okay. But I still liked it. Or like Wanted. Wanted is an absolutely phenomenal graphic novel. Wasn't that good of a movie. Um, graphic like, novels it, have like a, a leg up to me, too. They It's yeah, hard to like fuck up a graphic novel. Like Watchmen was pretty much as bad as you can go off a graphic novel. And that was still pretty decent. I fucking hated that movie. Like I was so because I like I loved Watchmen, and then and when I'm watching it because I loved the graphic novel so much, I was bored. <laughs> like I was like, oh man, what the fuck? Like it felt like it was just trying to cram too much into this movie, and it was like, ah, whatever. I ain't even get, get into all that. But uh, man, I can yeah. tell it pissed you off though. <laughs> it, it it like really pissed me and 300 off. 300 was so revolutionary. It's hard not to go like 300. Sin City was dope. Sin City um, definitely not top five. No, it's not top five by any means. But that was like a dope graphic novel reimagined. I was, I'm a huge V from Vendetta fan. Like that shit was it's, great to me. And I know I might have broke the rules by putting uh, Into the Spider Verse in there because it opens a whole can of worms with like Magda comics and, and anime. Because like Akira is like one of the greatest animes ever made, and that's in my list. And that was a comic book. Um, well, that was a graphic novel. Akira, Fist of the North Star, um, and Goggle Thirteen, The Professional. We're all graphic novels. So Ooh, you get into your bag, Dre. Dark. And I still only shit. Listen, listen. There was a time. Like, people that, that know me know this about me. A lot of people may not. Back in, like, when eBay was the only way to acquire shit, I spent way too much money on graphic novels, um, anime flicks that, you, that were only on VHS that you couldn't find, so I had to get imports from other countries. I would buy... Fights, I like. I own every Roy Jones fight ever made. Every, they ever competed in up until the tower fight. After that, nothing. I don't own shit. I have uh, Trinidad's entire career. I got Prince Nassim Hamed, Ali, and I'm missing somebody. De La Hoya, Pernell Whitaker. I bought all these. You had Prince bought, Nassim's entire joint. Yeah, I might have to watch some of those. Got them all on DVD and uh, Kung Fu flicks. I, I have, dude. Shaw Brothers grew up on that shit. I own a ton a ton of imported kung fu flicks and anime and japanese horror big j horror fan so i have an unhealthy obsession with this shit so <laughs> I, I buy like rare and unique shit so when it comes to anime the shit that i grew up grew up on when i used to have to go to the, i might be dating myself like i went to blockbuster and would spend hours in the video store like my grandmother wouldn't go with me anymore she was just like leave like because it was a, it was down the street so i'm like 11 and i would spend hours in the video store like reading every box to pick what i wanted to watch so Eventually, a lot of these things went out of print. So once they went out of print, I had to find them. And eBay became, like, my wife was like, what the fuck? Like, every day I had a package coming to eBay. That's like Amazon Prime for me now. I was about to say, I always, that's the only way I tell which crib is yours. When I go to your house, I just look for the stack of Amazon boxes in the recycling bin. Yeah, so, like, graphic novels and anime and Japanese shit, like, I just have a lot of it. So that's you start throwing those into the list. Yeah, yeah, then it it gets heavy. But no, nah, man, that, if you guys can check it out, at Champ Creed on Twitter, he has a really good list on there, top 100 uh, BuzzFeed article. It's, it's interesting to see how he ranks different things. I'm a huge Spider-Man 2 guy, though. I 
that's still the best Spider-Man movie. Uh, well, I gotta watch Into the Spider Verse. Homecoming was pretty good, though. Homecoming was good. Homecoming was good. That that one, like Doc Ock and holding the train back, and the whole shit was just nuts. That that was probably the perfect Spider-Man movie. And then three just sucked. Fucking um, true. Yeah, Venom actually made his top one hundred. Wouldn't make shit. mine. <laughs> I was like, it's a it's a hundred though. I was like, okay, I think it came in at like ninety one. I yeah. actually enjoyed Venom more than you did. I just watched it again the other day. It got yeah, some potential there. Yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised. Like, after binging Game of Thrones, I learned how much time I have just with watching shows. So yeah. I have to get back on this uh, All-American show. That's the next thing for me to watch. I watched one episode. I was like, all right. I'm 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 kind of sold on it. So Damn, he has Transformers on Like, I'm looking at his list. I'm sorry, guys. I know you want to hear Combat Swords. But he has, like, Transformers on his list. And it's like... If Bumblebee is not the best Transformer movie, there's really no point to this list. Love you, champ, but no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. He has Bumblebee ranked for it. He has Scott Pilgrim vs. the World of 46. That's we way got, too uh, low. <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we got Robocop ahead of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. He has Man of Steel ahead of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yo, Can't Swamp Thing. That. The old Swamp Thing was so dope. Yeah, well. We need I a mean, new Swamp Thing. If they keep remaking shit, I need a new Swamp Thing. See, he's got, like, Dick Tracy 33. Like, where's Toxic Avenger? See? All right. (laughs) And then I need the Hood Classics. I need, like, Blank Man on there. Oh, my God. (laughs) God, Something. Like, those Hood Classics still resonate with me. I need need something like that. And you know what? This will age me. Talking about aging you, I really like the Disney original movie Sky High. Wow. I'm not sure if you ever fucked... You were waiting. Yeah, you weren't no. watching Disney original movies like Johnny Tsunami mm. and Brink and all the great fucking classic movies that they were pumping out at one no. time. And I will say classic. The famous Jet Jackson movie? You don't even... Come on. Luck of the Irish. I go on and on about this. But their Sky High movie is so dope for like kids with superpowers. That shit was great. So that would be on my list somewhere too. That's probably my top 50. And that, okay. yeah, that is truly dating myself. Um, all right, let's move on to one other thing, a couple other things before we get into combat sports. I feel like comic books takes over our lives in the entire show so far. Um, one thing I want to touch on, Dame Lillard's death stare after hitting the shot. I mean... This is listen. the greatest photo of the year. Like, I, I don't know how you can top that. You can't. You can't. Everything about it, it's funny because I wasn't watching the game, right? And I was like, "Yeah, let's score the game." Because I was busy doing some other shit, so I didn't see the end of the Golden Knights Sharks game, oh, yeah. and I didn't see this I had to until come out like for work. So I was like watching the Sharks game. They wouldn't let me fucking watch my Yankees game because the game got too good. I had to tweet about it. So like, damn. But dog, Dame Lillard gunning from thirty-seven feet out over Paul George to make his fiftieth point. And to take the series, which a lot of people actually picked OKC. I actually thought for a minute OKC would win. If if Paul George was healthy, I thought he'd be fine. But he wasn't. And it didn't matter. Because ultimately, this was Dame Lillard's coming out party. Yep. Him versus has, Russ. Yeah, Dame Lillard has basically... Because he's always been good. Everybody knows he'd be good. But what he did with the desk there, the three-pointer, the wave bye-bye, everything about that... That that photo, that shot, screenshot, whatever the fuck it is, it's the greatest shot of the year. Because oh, yeah. it, it truly <laughs> encompasses the moment. 
everybody else around him is super excited. And for and the camera not being like the pictures that you see, the it's he's a little out of focus, and everybody else is, which which kind of tells you how much he's been ignored for how good he is. But he knows how fucking good he is, and that's like it. It, it truly encompasses that particular moment. Dog, he's gonna go like top seven in fantasy drafts next year after this performance. Oh the yeah, thing is, I mean, and he dropped fifty. Like he. It's, it's incredible they flew under the radar all year. Third best record in the West? I didn't well, know like, that shit ahead of the series. A lot of people, you know, forgot about him. Once you got rid of Aldridge and you looked at that team, you was like, well, him and CJ can't carry that team that far in the, in the, West, in the West, and they did. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, let Dame Little have a bad series next and watch how people turn on him. Oh, quick. Right now, there, he's top three point guard in the league and all this. I'm like, calm down. There was a conversation on Twitter. It was like, oh, can we boost him over Kyrie yet? No. I was like, it's a first-round series. Yeah. Kyrie hit a dagger, a dagger against the greatest regular season time team ever. Ever. It, when yo. they had no business beating the Golden State Warriors, he won that game. Kyrie, he has a ring, people, a ring. Strangely enough, Kyrie is actually criminally underrated. It's it's just really weird how underrated Kyrie is. A oh, he's often played, injured, though. That's why. Well, yeah, he's often injured, but it's like, yeah. I mean, going back to his Duke days, what, eight games? Yep. <laughs> Came out of the league firing. He got the best handle in the game. He's clutch. The only thing that concerns me about Kyrie is, like, he just realized how tough it is to be the alpha dog. He Like, he just figured that shit out going to Boston. Yep. He would stay with LeBron in Cleveland. They might have won another ring. But that's what he got somebody else. Like that, he wanted to be the alpha dog. They got there. It's like, oh shit, it's a little tougher. I think it's funny though. Like there was like people like to shit on Kyrie, and I had a friend like three years ago that would would argue with me to death that Mike Conley was better than Kyrie Irving, and I laughed every week because he was like, Mike Conley's more complete, plays for a better team. I don't give a fuck. Kyrie's better. Kyrie's better. And look, none of them are better than Steph Curry. No, Steph is a whole different dynamic. I could. I don't even know where to put Seth as a point guard. Exactly. That's the hard part. But when we start, like, there are people that right now are trying to say, like, oh, maybe he's not top 40 greatest players. Fuck oh, that. Oh, no, easily. He, I mean, he revolutionized the game. At this point, is is he the best point guard ever? Cause, ever? No. I mean, m- to me, Magic is the best point guard ever, right? Yes. But how, how do you not put Steph above Isaiah at this point? Who's I arguably mean, a top – he's – Isaiah Stockton – would be my other two. So yeah. Stockton had the assist, but I, he he didn't revolutionize the game like Curry did. Like I, I put Curry above Stockton, I put Steph above Isaiah, I think, and then I have to go into like my bag with Steve Nash, which is still hard to judge how great Steve Nash was, because that was in a vacuum. But he revolutionized shit too. There'd be no Steph Curry if there wasn't Steve Nash. No, I mean, there's a there's a lot of guys, but it, Steph Curry... Steph might be that, two. He might be the second best point guard ever. It, and it's crazy, because the only the, he's a liability on defense. So that's always going to be his problem. Yeah. That's, that, that's it. And Magic but, couldn't shoot. Like, point guards are all naturally flawed. Yeah, but Magic played five positions. Like, he was doing that shit. Him, him and, like... Um, I mean, yeah, they weren't, it's hard. Steph man. might it's end hard. up the best three-point shooter of all time. No, I mean, might, he is. He already is. Yeah, this statistically. Is, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, he already is. I mean, this, he is the greatest shooter of all time. Pure shooting, like, range anywhere on the court, Steph Curry. Off the dribble. Care. No one could ever do that. 
Like Ray, Ray wasn't doing that. Uh, Rich just, wasn't doing that. Like, wasn't, it's all it's and, catch and, and shoot. Like he pulling up. The frightening thing about Steph is like he's actually in some ways having a down year from behind the arc, and it's still over like forty seven percent. And and there, like people forget the runs that he had before Kevin Durant came when he was averaging like forty points a game before KD arrived. Yeah. When there's seven, people next year, and yeah, and then. Not only that, but he was shooting like almost sixty percent from the fucking field. Yeah. He's little. He's not like he's going to the rack. He's shooting fucking jumpers, people. It's ridiculous. Have you and seen him in person? So when I covered yes. the finals, I was very surprised. That motherfucker's tall. Yeah, he is. I thought he was small. You know, I thought he was like Iverson small. No, he's like six four. I was like, oh, this tall ass dude. Yeah. I know. I noticed how short I am. Six foot ain't what it used to be. Yeah, but Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard, it, like baseball guys, you will you will understand this reference when I say it. Dame Lillard is the Paul Goldschmidt of the NBA. Ooh, just super underrated. Criminally oh. underrated. Just he get he. Paul Goldschmidt has been legit for years, but he was in Arizona. Same yeah. with Dame Lillard. He's been legit for years, stuck in Portland. Not a glamour team. Yeah. But he puts up numbers. And Paul this is coming out moment. Yep. Hopefully Paul doesn't get that in St. Louis. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want him on the Yankees. So now, hell with Paul. So, uh, moving forward past that, before we get into the quick boxing talks, my pops was on the Patreon this week. So, yeah. I have to shout out to my pops. Pops, thanks for coming through. Um, I was making fun of him to open up the episode. I said he was 160 pounds. He had to show me a picture proving he was 180. I plastered that shit as the main image. So... <laughs> That goes to show, don't send me shit if you don't want me to post it. Uh, but uh, so Pops came through, held it down. He told me the origin of the Chops story. So I knew that he called big girls Chops. And let's, let's start this conversation off by saying I'm sticking to my guns. My Pops is 160 pounds. So his big girl version is like two bills. Mm-hmm. Which my big girl version is a lot different than two bills. Like... Nia Jane's Nia Jack's range is big girl status to me, kinda. And Nia Nia's a sexy two sixty five. Like you really got to get in the two eighties for you to be chops to me. But shit, okay. Yeah, I mean I'm two two forty. Like imagine a girl forty pounds bigger than you. That's one eighty. That's a normal sized woman, right? So like a normal sized woman to me, like I. I go to Nia Jane's range if I, Nia Jack's range if I need to. So, um, if you need to, yeah, like I'm built for that for that life. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess my ex wife was small when I met her, but Elena is nice and thick. Thick women are ruling the world. I love it. And talking to pops though, he tells me the origin of he's like yo the the lady who originated the chops name that we call all big women chops now was like. 52190. And I was like, that's not even big. I five guess two? well 52, 52. I guess I don't know how to spread out 190 at 52. She might have been she might have been a little chunky then. Now that I think about it. But he called her poke chops. And everyone called her poke chops. Cause she just was so big. And then they found out they found themselves saying, you know what? We can't call her poke chops to her face. Cause that's rude. So they just start calling her chops to her face, and now she answers to it. Well, all right. Yeah, it's a damn shame. 
So now him, but we talked about all his wild escapades and him dating 20-year-olds and uh, him now abandoning the rule that women have to be my age or older. So cool. he, he has like a, a chick that was like 23 or something. And so it, it was wild. And it made me think, does your pops now date older women? Hell no. My- <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I know we talked about this before, but I never got like the current update on this. Because all the no. stories were my pops used to date young women. No, and yeah, I, my pops, no, no. My pops thinks he could date, like, 20-year-olds and shit. But he's got a problem because he's, like, very, like, I don't want to say he's old school. But he's reached that age where he's outdated, right? Yeah. So he so he'll, he dated, like, this 24-year-old. And he was out in Vegas and didn't tell me. That's some shit my pops would do. And he went to dinner. <laughs> and he was mad, right? So he, he hits me when I, I go out to visit him in, in uh, California. He's telling me about this day with his 24-year-old. Now, mind you, my pops will be 60 this year. And this had to be, like, last year. So he was, like, 58, 59 when this happened. So he had to go, like, 30-something. My wife just kills him every time she talks to him. She's like, man, you need to get your Because, <laughs> like, she needs to know, understand, like, when you're having a stroke, you need somebody to guess that shit. 20-year-olds don't get that shit. My dad didn't think that shit was funny. Sarah, Sarah. But he got mad at this 24-year-old because they went to dinner, which my dad paid for, obviously, because that's what the old people do. Oh, that's true. And he is upset because he's taking pictures of her food. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I thought it was the funniest shit ever because like, he was like, you know, he was like, son, what the fuck is wrong with these, these broads, man? That's on my dad tops and shit. And I was like, well, what? He, she was like, he got the dinner. I was like, can't you just eat the shit? Why you got to take pictures of it? And then she's like posting it on some Instagram. What the fuck is an Instagram? And I'm like, yo, this is why you don't need to be dating chicks who are 30 years older than Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I won't date somebody that's taking pictures of food like that, but that's common now. Like, like he was like, I don't even have Instagram. Like, my pops got a Facebook, and it's like one picture of him swinging a golf club, and like that's it because he's old. Like, once you age out, you really have to understand. Like, once you're aged out, you can't really go back and be annoyed by the shit young people do. But I noticed, and my dad brought this up, so he was like, and his justification for dating twenty year olds kind of made sense, but he's still ridiculous for it. He was like, if you look at magazines. And the people who own these magazines, they're like 50, 60-year-old men. He's like, they don't put 50 and 60-year-old women on the cover of these magazines. He's like, you'll always catch 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds, and they'll recycle, and it'll always be that age. Because to them, the epitome of beauty is still within that range. So he's like, I'm always going to be attracted to that. The only thing that will push me out of that is for them not to be attracted to me. And he's like, that time hasn't come yet. Well, all right. And, I was, and he used Bob Kraft. <laughs> he was like, Kraft dates 20-year-olds all the time. He hangs with 30-year-olds, Meek Mill and all these people. He was like, as long as there's something keeping you to that generation, you can stay there forever. He was like, until they phase you out. He was like, but Bob Kraft's never going to be phased out because he got money. Yeah, he has see, an that's, NFL that's team, the- which is cool. He goes to clubs, which is cool. He's like, Bob Kraft in his head is still 25 because no one's ever phased him out of that. I was like, all right, Pops, yeah, in your head, you're probably still 25, because you still look 25, no one's phased your ass out of that. I mean, I guess. The, the mentality's just different. It, like, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to not be 25 anymore. The yeah. hot takes have slowed down a bit. You know, I'm yeah. not li- living young and reckless. It's, it's, you know, I'm settled down, married, man. I, I like this. I don't think my Pops ever get married. So that shit, the whole conversation was funny on why he does what he does. Um, and what I noticed after posting the episode in which, I mean, we have 
Patreon members, shout out to you guys. But it's not like this is an episode available to everyone. But there's so many people who are like, oh, that's your dad? He's so young. Like, women are like, ooh, your dad is sexy. I'm like, oh, see, this is why he does this. Yeah. Like, you people. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, he ain't slowing down no time soon. So that shit was an interesting conversation. So if you guys aren't on Patreon, get on it. Fun episodes on there. Um, Dre, next week when we have some time, I want to bring you on because I'm taking my grandma back to Puerto Rico. And uh, now that she's more up and about and bouncy, I figured uh, I would say hello to her on the Patreon episode. She can say hello in the beginning. But I wanted us to possibly sit down and share stories of our grandmas. <laughs> Just because I'm taking my grandma back, your grandma's a fucking hoot. And I love those stories. So it'd be mm. cool to give like a 20, 25 minute episode of Patreon grandma stories. Uh, <laughs> yo, don't, don't go mm, to your grandma. Every story you tell is at least funny. She's a fucking lunatic. She was a lunatic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a quick grab-by episode would be cool for the Patreon next week. Um, yeah, let's get into actual combat sports, though. Shit, that's what we're here to talk about. So, boxing. This past weekend, let's look back before we look forward. Terrence Crawford, you wrote a great article leading up to this fight. And you took... I'd say you took a look at a, at a thing that we talk about on this show a lot. But people don't really put in print a lot, which is Terrence Crawford has reached a point where he has nothing to gain anymore. Mm-mm. He is fully dependent on something that's out of his control. Yep. This was his last ditch effort to find something he could still control. Amir Khan is a free agent. He is a big enough name going into this fight to actually, this is where I disagreed with you. It's like he can add something to Bud, at least more so than any other opponent. Yeah, Bud. Bud had a little to gain, not a lot to gain, but he at least had a little to gain from this fight. And I think how the fight ended up going down took that all away. But see, that, that was the problem. Like, so, yeah, the story was basically as, you know, nothing to gain and everything to lose. Because, like I said with Lomachenko, if you didn't have Lomachenko number one, there was really nothing you could do against Crowley that would put, have you put him ahead of Crawford. And the same thing were for Crawford. If you didn't have him as your number one pound for pound, fighting Amir Khan is not going to get you above Lomachenko, if that's your thought process. This fight was, and it's not even Bud's fault, because he, he's one of the few people, and actually not even few, he's the only person who has served Amir Khan a beatdown. He was beating the shit out of Amir Khan. Yeah. And nobody's done that. It's usually one-hitter quitters. Canelo caught him, Brady Prescott caught him. Um, Lamont Peterson squeezed one out and he has, I mean, really Amir Khan has a loss. He gets knocked down a lot. But he hasn't really lost. Maidana put him down. Yeah. put him down. I think so. But oh, he yeah. only has four losses. Yeah. He doesn't it's, lose a ton. He, he's a great boxer. His chin is the only thing you have to worry about. And he's been chinny his whole fucking career. But what Terrence Crawford did is not only did he knock him down in the first round, nearly finish him, but he served up a beat down until the fight was stopped due to a low blow. It's nothing he could do. There was nothing he could do. But that's the problem with that kind of a fight. And it's not his fault. Because all he can do is deal with what's in front of him. And he, he was doing everything he needed to do to win that fight. And then it, the low bro, blow ended it all. But ultimately, is there anything that Bud could have done? Uh, like, if he, if he lost or looked bad, obviously, you might think about moving him down. But if he's number two, he's going to be number two. If he's number one, he's going to be number one. I don't think anything changed with that fight and that performance. No, so, someone could definitely jump him. It's not that you're necessarily moving him down, 
someone could jump him. I don't think Lomachenko could jump him um, at this point. Because, yeah, he did put a beating on Amir Khan. The fight was probably going to be stopped soon anyway, to be honest. Like, Amir Khan yeah. wasn't long in that fight anymore. So, uh, I give Crawford that credit. The air was let out with the way that Khan kind of just took the low blow and then decided not to continue. And it's kind of confusing for people for a second. It, it didn't look good. The optics didn't look good. But I'm not dropping Crawford. But in a week's time, we're going to see Canelo Alvarez take on Jacobs. A legit right. contender at 160. And Canelo has already, it's, I don't think anyone can argue this, the best resume in boxing right now. And that is true. However, so if he beats Jacobs decidedly, there's no, I don't understand how you don't put Canelo Alvarez as number one. But see, I don't think there's nothing, again, I repeat, there is nothing that Terrence Crawford could have done against Amir Khan that if Canelo beats Jacobs handily, people are going to put Canelo over him. There's nothing he could have done. That's that's my problem with this with where Crawford is at and Lomachenko is at with those two particular fights. Not their fault. They did what they had to do with what's in front of them. But Canelo's the one that has a real challenge next Saturday. And if Canelo goes in there and washes Danny Jacobs, washes him. If for any reason he stops him. Yeah. Then like, it's... He, he leapfrogs. Like he will leapfrog. Because there's a lot of people that already have him on the fringe. But if you're like me, my problem has always been I didn't have him win the two Triple G fights. Yeah. It was hard for me to put him past anybody. I had him losing, and I had the second one to draw. So the right. eye test kind of fucks it up. But, I mean, on paper, he won those. Exactly. So if he, if he goes out there and just runs over Daniel Jacobs, then, you, then you're like, yeah, all right, he goes above. But there was nothing that Crawford could do against Khan that would change that. Like, it's really on Canelo. It's not really on Bud. The only thing Bud had to do was win. Same thing with Lomachenko. He just had to make sure he went. He won and didn't look bad at any point in the fight. And Loma has some prospects, though. Loma still has people he can fight. I'm not sure if that's the same for Terrence Crawford. No, and okay, so let's jump into it. Your boy Bob Arum is out here just being a complete <laughs> asshole. Acting right? a fool. I mean, I understand he wanted to kind of poke and prod Al Heyman. And, and this is a great time to do so because he wants that 50-50 split. This is the only time he'll be able to get that. Because if Heyman keeps stacking Errol Spence's record, that split's going to go bye-bye. But he did it in the worst way possible. All right, saying that, you know, Al Heyman's going to tell you not to listen to the white men. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, somebody on my timeline would say, well, any other situation, without context, that sounds like good advice. Um, and I thought it was funny. Aaron Smarter said that. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is, like, you're in the hole right now, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, if you look at, and I wrote this in the article. No matter what Terrence Crawford does against Amir Khan, he's not going to get the Spence fight next because Errol Spence doesn't need Terrence Crawford. It just doesn't. Errol Spence can fight Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Adrian Broner. Manny Pacquiao. I, Manny Pacquiao. Like, you run down the list of names. Terrence Crawford can only fight Mead Machine. That's the only guy in top rank that is ranked in the top ten. And Mead Machine just had a draw in his last fight. He didn't look good in his last fight. So... Crawford really has nobody to fight. He's probably end up fighting. I don't know. I don't know who Terrence Crawford's going to fight next. There's only so many free agents you can pull. Like I, exactly. I, I don't know where they go with that. Um, maybe I. Don't, I don't know. There's nowhere for get Bud to go. Old man Marcos Maidana coming back, trying to slim back down. I, you, you'd have to sign him to a deal with Top Rank, and I guarantee you, Maidana will be with PBC. Yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't go back to PBC, right? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know where. He goes from here. I don't know how you keep him as a pay-per-view guy. 
it's it's if hard. You can't like, keep pulling these opponents to at least justify the payday. And then, and then if the pay per view numbers are what we think they are, which is under two hundred, that makes it even worse because Spence did damn near four hundred thousand. Yeah, does ESPN release their numbers normally? Uh, I don't even know because the ESPN pay per view, like the. I don't even know how they're going to re- release these numbers. I think they control that narrative. So I yeah, don't know. But. I, don't, I don't think they – I haven't seen any ESPN pay-per-view releases. Like, you know, the standard Showtime releases and HBO used to release their numbers and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if ESPN has to do that. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know. So, I, I mean, that, that's all back-end shit and speculation, I guess. But when you come down to the table and you got to sit there, you got to bring some type of numbers with you. Right. And, and if you're Al Heyman and you listen to Bob Arum say what he said, you're like, what? Well, why am I going like why would I have Spence fight him now? Like I prefer if I'm out Heyman, I'm a businessman. Like we all want to see Bud Crawford versus Earl Spence. That's yep. what everybody wants to see. Don't get me wrong. However, Sean Porter's got a belt. That's the next logical fight to make. It sounds like they're headed in that direction. Uh yeah. So it looks like Spence Porter, maybe Thurman Pacquiao, in which I'm not sure if Thurman deserves that platform, but um well, it's not about it's that fight's I'm gonna be clear about this. That fight's not about Keith. That fight's about Manny. Oh, what? listen, I think Manny has a legit shot. Well, that, but that's but the point. How? Like, Keith, if, if, Keith can't be the stepping stone. <laughs> Keith no, no, ain't no. Danny. The, th- the thing is, is that Manny Pacquiao looks at Keith Thurman, who still has a title. And as a guy, like, who are you going to fight that you can beat? You're not looking at Errol Spence like, I can beat that guy. No, but you can beat You're Danny not. Garcia. Danny Garcia doesn't have a belt. It's true. So you look at Keith Thurman, a guy who clearly looks like somebody who doesn't really want to fight anymore. He's not the same person. Ever since he got married and moved overseas, and he's like all holistic and shit and all he booted out. He lives overseas? Yeah. Like he's, I think he stays wherever his wife is. I know he's got a place there, and he has a place in Florida, Florida still. Florida still, yeah, yeah. But fighting it just doesn't feel like it's high on his agenda. However, through all this, if you're Manny Pacquiao, who's the guy you could probably beat that has a title? You don't want to fight Sean Porter, too physical. Yeah. You don't want to fight Errol Spence, too polished and too good. But you do want to fight Keith Thurman. Yeah, I guess you take all- a shot at Keith and then try to go against, what, Spence after? Well, so it goes like this. Pacquiao Thurman, Spence Porter. You do what you got to do, and whoever wins those fights, if it's Spence and Pacquiao, yeah, obviously, that's the pay- next pay-per-view. Then you can go to the table and talk about Bud Crawford, but you because you have all the titles exactly. Now, but then now you're getting into the seventy thirty split range, which is just gonna piss Aram off. And, and that's the other problem. Like, I, look, guys were like, "Oh, you know, they don't want to cross the street." They did it with Pacquiao Mayweather. There was like a billion dollars to split there. There was not a billion dollars to split between Bud and Errol Spence. No. The best thing you could do is raise his profile because even now they were to do that pay per view now or a year from now. I don't think it does anything more than 1.5 million pay per view. It doesn't do bigger than than a Canelo pay per view would. Oh no, no, it no. doesn't. So, so there's it, not a. Big... It probably what Canelo Triple G one might be the the top for that pay per view. Yeah, so it's like okay, you might do 1.1 million. Yeah, it's, it's not a big pie to split. So, when, so the argument then becomes because then it was like yeah, 40 percent for Pacquiao and 30 percent for Pacquiao still more than any money he's ever made, whereas. 40 or 50% for Bud ain't going to be the same kind of money. Yeah. So, and Bob Aaron won't look at it that way. And then Al Heyman will say, I still don't need you. So the negotiating table there is going to be extremely messy. 
it's it's not going to be pretty to get that fight made because I honestly have no idea how they do it until the money is big enough. And if the money is big enough, then you make the fight. But it's, we're not there yet. No, Bob but, would have to swallow his pride, and we're talking about Bob. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think that that happens. So so if if Spence faces Porter, which is what we all expect, mm-hmm. and then he faces Pacquiao, Spence's profile is through the roof. Meanwhile, but there's nobody to fight. Who is he going to fight? Like, Bob needs to do something where he, I said this, and people think I'm a masochist for this shit. He needs to go beat the shit out of Adrian Broner is what Bud Crawford needs to do. Make that deal. Because there's there's really nobody you can fight that's going to raise your profile. And I know it sucks. I don't want to give Adrian Broner another top fight. But Crawford needs it to raise his profile. There's really nobody else out there he can fight to get, get this done. No, not to get the clicks, not to get the views. Um, no, they, top rank doesn't even have a legit guy at one fifty four. Like if he no. want to move up and just test himself, he would have to go down. He would have to fight somebody at one forty. He would have to go somebody from one forty to come up. And I don't, I don't know who that is. Yeah, one fifty four. That's that's what's so good about PBC right now and Errol Spence's spot. Right, is because if him and Bud sit down after he gets all these belts. And Bud's not trying to, you know, give him the money. And Aaron's not trying to give up the money. He'd be like, cool, I'm going to go fight Charlo. Yeah. And take you a go- belt at 154. Or I'm going to fight Lara. I'm going to fight one of these guys, you know? Because he's big enough. It's, yeah. And just keep they, it moving. They're in bad shape, man. The top rank, like, they're, just, it, it's, they're in bad shape with, with Crawford. I mean, because I'm looking at it now. Who are they going to fight, right? Progress, he fights for matchroom on the zone. He fights this weekend. Josh Taylor from UK, nobody cares. Nobody knows who he is. You can fight Jose Ramirez, but I don't think Bobby Aaron wants to do that. Jose Ramirez is at 140, so he's probably going to stick around there. And then he gets, you know. And then he gets slim. I, slim pickings. There's Lippinets. There's Jose Zapata. There's, there's really nobody that you care about. No, no one that's going to sell paper. So that's tough spot for Bud. He looked good this weekend, but yeah, he he's in a standstill right now. Everything has to play out around him, and he has to hope it goes the best way. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, DeZone has two good fights this weekend, though. Yes, Coming please. up, so uh, Estrada fights. Is this on Friday or Saturday? Friday, Friday. Just got sore in Vise versus uh, Juan Francisco Estrada in a rematch from last year. Uh, those who don't know, so when Visa beat the shit out of Chocolatito twice, yep. became the king of that division. Estrada was a guy who was giving everybody hell. Um, it's the little guys, and little guys always come with fireworks. So that should be a hell of a fight. Uh, what happened I, to Chocolatito? Is he still fighting? Yeah, he's going to fight again. Oh, shit. Okay. He'll, he'll fight again. He's just, you know, he moved up a little bit too high when he fought uh, Sorwin Visa and got his brains beat in because of it. So, uh you know, it'll be a rematch. A rematch for I think uh, Soren Visa won the last fight by a majority decision. Estrada's really good, uh, but Soren Visa has just kind of hit this stride where it almost seems unbeatable. So it should be a really good fight to watch. And then the second fight uh, touched on as well. Uh, yeah, Regis Progress against. Progress uh, is. I mean, I like Progress as a fighter. Yeah, I mean he's good. He, you know, he's from Louisiana. Um, the kid can crack. Uh, he's fighting Kirill Relic for the World Boxing Super Series. That's on Saturday night. It's a lot of boxing this weekend. Tons. Um, and, yeah, you know, to move up, he's probably, like, Prograce is the, like, the 140 division is actually pretty damn interesting. With Prograce, Josh Taylor, Mo Hooker, um, and Jose Ramirez, you know, there's some things that can happen in that division. Prograce is, he could be a breakout star. 
yeah. uh, fully expecting to win this weekend. And a couple of guys who you know are young enough, and they're going to keep moving up. Yeah. So I mean, eventually you're going to get the Devin Haney's of the world into the 140s, and um, there's there's some guys who definitely can I can see moving up that heavy. And you you look, and those are going to be more cross promotional fights that are going to be tough to make. But I have more hope in the the zone making those shits than you know top rank crossing over. It's just stuff. It's tough, man. Bob's gonna have to do business, man. He's gotta do business. Yeah, we'll see so, if he does it. Um, the other fight this weekend happens out here. Robert Easter. Yep, coming oh. back after getting beat up by Mikey Garcia. You know, it's, it's a lightweight title on the line because Rancis Bartholomew Kid Blast, who was, Kid Blast was like a guy who was like a top prospect from mm-hmm. Cuba. It's never really been that good to me, but he keeps getting these opportunities, and I'm fully picking Robert Easter to win this fight. But it might be competitive, so we'll see. And Mikey Garcia, it's so crazy to just think of what just happened to him because he was running yeah. through good fighters. Yeah, he was never challenged. Like, Mikey Garcia had not been challenged but in a Robert fight. But Robert Easter is a good fighter. He is. Like, yeah, but then, no one was touching Mikey, and then Mikey couldn't do a damn thing against Errol. Right, and then, you know, we'll, we'll blame it on the size. Go ahead, we can do that. It's fine. But... <laughs> You know, for but Arrow completely swept the scorecards. Yeah. I can't remember a time two pound-for-pound t- pound fighters had a fight, and it was not a knockout. We're talking about just one-way traffic the entire fight. So, yeah, it just there's not there's levels to this shit. And Mikey Garcia may not be on Arrow Spence's level, but he's clearly a better fighter than just about everybody else in the world, and especially at that weight class. Yeah, so this Easter fight should be cool. It's at the Cosmo here in Vegas. I might go check that out on Saturday. Swing through, see what uh, see what that food is like. Cosmo always has good media food. Yeah. So <laughs> go there, grab a plate, watch some good boxing uh, this weekend. Make sure you guys check out all those fights across all platforms this weekend. You won't be disappointed. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk UFC on ESPN3 and Bellator 220 which is secretly the better card this weekend as well before we get into pro wrestling and get out of here. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. All right, quick break. We are right back. UFC on ESPN 3. Wait, wait, wait. I got to ask you. Um, uh, are we cool with Kanye again? Man, fuck Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, we gotta, we gotta say it. Like, uh, I'm definitely not wearing some whack-ass cult, you know, 
pink suits out there in the middle of Coachella. Like Pepto-Bismol, just I don't drink the Kool-Aid, Colt vibe. I ain't spending $60 on a t-shirt. Socks, socks. T-shirts are over 100. Oh, socks. Excuse me. Excuse me. Socks were $60. What? No, no, no. And that line was long. It's bizarre. It is it is truly bizarre. What is bizarre. with this church of Kanye? To me, at this point, Kanye is on just full gimmick status. He might as well just be Bray Wyatt. Nothing he does is genuine. No. It's all an act. And yeah. he's just wondering, like, oh, okay, black people soured towards me. What is one thing black people always relate to? Oh, the church. So he became a godly man again? Dipped yeah, in his bag yeah. and then people just went back like, oh, Kanye, Kanye's having black people dress up in all white linens in the woods and shit. I, see, and here's the thing, right? Like, we're not going to go to do deep down this rabbit hole. We got a show to get through. But, you know, the church thing is weird to me because people are like, well, he made Jesus walks. No, well, Rhymefest made Jesus walks. And since then, have you, and I'm, I'm not saying he's not, but have you ever really heard Kanye talk about, like, God and spirituality and i thought he was atheist i, I just i don't know his mom so died it, and i don't know what he was and it, it just feels like to pro like the sunday service thing people are like it's a cultural movement and like some people may have saw my timeline i just picked one dude out that was in the cult of kanye which is like you're a clickbait hater and i was like i don't know what the fuck is that a that. thing now can we can we market that the cult of kanye it should be yeah <laughs> probably should make some shirts yo so, if we get cult of kanye kardashian what? And it's just KKK on the shirts? On a red bag of hat? Tell no, me. you better you better trademark this shit. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> we're making some money. Oh shit. Ooh, that, wow. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a million dollar idea right there. Yeah, people listeners, that just happened in real time. <laughs> yeah. Kanye Kardashian, the KKK. Holy Ooh, shit. Boy. I'm done talking about this. We gotta, <laughs> gotta run down to the trademark. We gotta get this done. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm not fucking with Kanye people. Man. When you're spending two hundred dollars on a sweater, I, I got nothing for you. I, I talked about it's not even the- a dope sweater, man. It's like some no. damn. What is that? I'm trying to think of the, the workshop program people use on computers in like 1998. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where you just type out the words and then it has like that bend tool. So you thought it was yeah. the dopest shit. You're like, yo, I'm bending everything into a yeah. circle. Goodness gracious. Yo, that shit's so funny. Um, nah, yeah, I ain't fucking with that. I apologize to the Beehive if I upset you guys last week. You guys are not as bad as the cult of Kanye Kardashian at all. So, we found a new low of people who are just oddly obsessive. Beyonce, you can stand over. I, You know what? I approve that standing. This shit? No. Can't do it. Not at all. So, uh, that... Poor Chance the Rapper. You see what he had him wearing? I didn't even look. Oh, God. It was all bad. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fucking with Kanye. Kanye, get the hell out of here. Um, you see on ESPN3, Greg Hardy. Mm. Co-main event. Again, yeah. So. Again, off a loss, off a DQ, where it looked like maybe he's raw and he doesn't know the rules. I mean, this is what happens when you take a guy and you're like, well, he knocks people out, and you move him too quick. And then he looks terrible in his debut. So they better hope he looks good here. But he's in a tough spot, man. And I'm not even talking about all, like, the domestic abuse shit and his, his personality and all that shit. 
he might just not be that good of a fighter. Yeah, that's what I mean, might be, I've seen him knock now, people out real quick. Yeah, but that's the heavyweight division, but it's like, you know, all it takes is one punch. But when you face somebody with some wrestling or some skill, like, and you're putting him in the co-main event spot, I don't know, man. That's what hurts. Like, another co-main, like, they're doing, <clears throat> excuse me, the build-up to the fights, and he's doing the interviews, and he's in the videos. It's kind of like what they did with CM Punk. You're, you're setting him up for a long fall. Yep. Instead of letting him be under the radar, if he doesn't make it, cool, we funnel his ass right out. It just, this this isn't the way to really build confidence and just thrust people into a high platform. So we'll see how that works out. For what it's worth, I think he's going to win. I mean, I hope he wins. They're, they're real <laughs> stupid if they set him up with two fights in a row that he can lose. I mean, he just he's fighting a guy who has pretty decent, this is second, well, he fought in the UFC before, but all, none of his fights have been to a decision. None. And they're all either knockouts, submissions, like, Nothing goes to the end. So we're fully expecting this to end inside the distance. It's just hopefully Greg Hardy doesn't get caught or gases. That's my biggest concern with Greg Hardy is he hasn't paced himself in a fight. And he looked completely gassed in his last fight. So we'll see. And the only way to get that is to actually be in the cage and get cage time and build up that. It's like football shape. You'd be in the gym all damn day. You run on treadmill all day. That don't mean you have football shape. Same thing. Cage shape, whole different, whole different beast. And let's see if Greg Hardy bounces back and can at least make it two rounds with the gas right. tank this time. Uh, Jacare's in the main event versus Hermanson. Uh, Jacare wins, right? Jacare is still Jacare. Yeah, yeah. Jacare is still Jacare. He's he's the guy nobody really wants to fight in that division. Um, yeah, he's in the, he's fighting Jack Hermanson now. Uh, was supposed to be a rematch with uh, what was it with Romero? Wasn't it originally? No. Didn't he step in? I thought it was, uh, what's-his-face, who tested positive? What's uh, the big Brazilian? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, no, Polo no. Costa. Oh, Costa okay. was supposed to fight yeah. Romero. And then, I, shit, I can't remember. Anyway, I don't feel like reading all this shit right now because I really can't remember. I'm so busy with everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's something going along those lines. But this is the yeah. fight we end up with main event in. That, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so, and Jack Hermes is he's he's good. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like Jacare is just he's Jacare. And if this fight goes to the ground, which I expect it to, Jack Hermanson's fucked. That's all. Oh yeah. I mean the, I mean, honestly, anyone who goes to the ground with Jacare is pretty much fucked. So let's let's not just put it all on him. Um the better card of the weekend though. Bellator two twenty on the zone. This is where you know what? I don't mind the zone. I get my money off of this shit. These type of weekends, they pay Keep for themselves. This. Yeah. Um, so this card has some some bangers. And why is the card so long though? That's Bellator, it's like man. 15 <laughs> fights on this shit. Let me find the fights I was trying to point out. Yo, there were like seven hundred fights on a Bellator card. This shit is crazy. Yeah, this shit's nuts. Um so I'm going to start. Phil Davis. Liam McGarry. Uh, yeah. Liam, ex-champion. Uh, Phil. I mean, Phil's ex-champion, right? Phil had the belt. Did he? Did he? Or did he lose in the title fight? No, no he didn't. He didn't win the title. Oh, I think he lost in the title. Oh, no, no, you're right. He did. He was a former light heavyweight champion. Then it was Bader. Bader, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, this battle former champions. Because he beat I, Lee McGeary the first time. That's how he got the title. Yep. I expect it to go similar if Phil Davis wins. 
And I don't know, Phyllis just kind of fall off the face of the earth. That whole division, I was really hyped about that division. And then Bader going up to heavyweight and then the tournament and all that stuff really just stalled out this whole division. It's kind of weird because, like, you, Bellator made all these signings, right? Yep. And Phil Davis, Benson Henderson is also on this card, um, Rory McDonald. And this, they're not really playing out like anybody expected to. No. Ryan Bader has been the one who's exceeded expectations. Everybody else has either been okay or they, they they just haven't been able to reach that peak. And even Rory, yeah, Rory did win. But then, you know, he lost another UFC guy, Gegard Mousasi, who just kind of trucked him. Mm-hmm. So At a bigger weight. Rory is still the champion at this weight class. But it doesn't matter because they instituted a tournament. Yeah, it, it's tricky, man. It's tricky. But, yeah, Phil, I fully expect Phil Davis to win. He just, to me, Phil hasn't evolved. He's still the same guy with suspect hands. All the time. So if he doesn't get caught, he has a chance. I, I think he still grounds McGarry, and it's going to be an ugly fight. But at least it's not in the co-main or main event slot this time. Right. Um, Benson Henderson, like we just touched on, um, taking on Adam Piccolotti. Yeah, he was originally scheduled to fa- face uh, former champion Brent Primus, who had beat Michael Chandler to do that weird injury. Weird, yeah, the, like his Chandler's leg broke in the middle of yeah. it. Chandler still almost fucked him up. <laughs> yeah, and Primus, I believe, got sick or something. He wanted to reschedule the fight, but Benson Henderson, as we reported today, like he he had to take a fight with somebody because he has a baby next week, and he's like, I'm not going to fight when my baby's here, like a newborn, no thanks. So that's the reason why he's fighting this Adam Piccolotti uh, kid it's just to keep him busy because Benson hasn't fought in a while so obviously I'm picking Benson Anderson to win yeah I'll take Benson as well um McFarlane versus uh Vita in the co-main I like this I like the McFarlane chick I mean Lima Lay McFarlane is actually really dope uh, if anybody watched the fight in Hawaii uh which was the same night as a Canelo Fielding fight like that atmosphere was bananas oh they packed it for her in Hawaii though and then yeah. people were talking like oh you got to bring Max back home like imagine in which now I think they do have to bring Max back home. I, I've been championing the Max Holloway Frankie Edgar fight yeah. back in Hawaii. That that'd be super fucking dope. But no, she she showed that they show up and she put on a show that night. And she's not like she's running away in these title defenses. No, they're they're pretty contested. She just always pulls it through. She's tough as hell. Yeah, agreed. So agreed. I think she wins again. Why not? Oh, she's gonna. I mean, she's she's. Much better than the rest of that division. So yeah. So Definitely. um, yeah. No, see, see the cream of the crop in that division. That's that's gonna be fun. Good co-main though, and it's nice to feature the women in the co-main of a major card. Um, then we have Roy McDonald versus John Fitch. Yeah, John Fitch is forty-one years old. Never had good hands. Always been a great wrestler. I think Roy is gonna be a little bit too dynamic for him. Uh, he'll win. This is the welterweight Grand Prix. It's kind of weird that the champions in this can lose this title. Yeah, uh, but, but if this is equivalent of a one-eight matchup. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really expects Fitz to win. It'd be spoiler central if he went out there and beat him. But I'm picking Rory to win this fight. Yeah, I'll take Rory too. John Fitch can't ground Rory for five rounds straight. He's not that dynamic anymore, like you said. Uh, Rory's too good for that. Rory's takedown defense has always been pretty good. Um, so, you know, he'll take him down, piece him up. I expect the stoppage. And Roy gets back on his winning ways. And we'll see yeah. how he, you know, fares going through this tournament. And the tournament style is still, I don't know, I liked how it used to be, like Strikeforce status. We'll see how it plays out in today's climate of MMA. But for right now, I'm enjoying it. It's like, all right, cool. 
throw, yeah. throw a couple different tournaments. Uh, one is doing a few tournaments. And we see a guy like Eddie Alvarez losing the first round of his tournament. Yeah, true indeed. So, I mean, it's always interesting. and Shit can't happen. So, I like the tournament format. Uh, let's talk pro wrestling, Dre. Hopping into things. Before we get into WWE TV, there's two things. Oh, I almost forgot a major thing as well um, that I'm adding to our list to talk about. Um, so, starting off, though, StarCast lineup is really rounding out here in Vegas Memorial Day weekend. While we are here, uh, same weekend as our live show, that Thursday, <coughs> excuse me, so it's Thursday through Sunday for StarCast. Yep. Highlighted by a Ric Flair roast. That shit sounds like it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, I will be there. So, Ric Flair roast, uh, I definitely got to check that out. Um, the Young Bucks also. When you finish going downstairs, I'll be downstairs. Uh, the Young Bucks as well will be there. There's uh, a weigh-ins for the Double or Nothing event. Then we have... Oh, I was about to say, oh, we have Undertaker. We don't have Undertaker. No, we don't. I'm going, going down this list. What happened to an evening with Taker? Or what? The, the WWE happened. <laughs> People are just... They, they had their mind blown. Right now, thinking that, oh my God, the WWE, how could they? They're really concerned with AEW. This shows that they're giving credence to them, all this stuff. I don't see it that way. If someone's under contract with you, you have the right to tell them not to work somewhere. I think the problem is, is shouldn't have got that far in the first place. Yeah. That, that's that's my issue with it. Like, if you still work, if the WWE is still working with The Undertaker, which is kind of mind blowing, because the last thing I want to see is The Undertaker wrestling again. Oh shit! But, I feel like it's gonna happen. I'm I so mean, happy it didn't happen at this WrestleMania. It might happen in Saudi Arabia, but uh, it really could. The, yeah, the point is, is that they should nip this shit in the bud earlier, because the same thing happened with Kurt Angle. He's not on there anymore. Kurt was supposed to come out. Yeah. So yeah, it it, it is a little. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like it's I'm okay not to be petty. Like you, you don't gotta. <laughs> someone don't gotta be a threat for you to be petty. True. That that's all this shit is. I'm 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 all here for the pettiness, and I feel like Vince is the king of petty. So he's like, yeah. no, if he can stop it, it doesn't mean it's a threat. She's like, no, I'm not boosting your weekend with my talent. Go figure it out. Lucky Rick is there. Yes, look. It's a little crazy, man. It's 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 a little crazy, but it is what it is. Undertaker won't be there. Oh well. No, we'll still on. some yeah, still some great shows in that lineup. Going to be a fun weekend. The other thing I want to touch on that I almost forgot: New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Juniors are announced. Yeah, it's a loaded lineup. Twenty people on this year's, <clears throat> which gets me thinking: how many people are going to be in G One? The two tournaments we've seen this year have both have expanded rosters. I don't think I don't. I hope G One doesn't expand too much because that shit is long as hell as it is. And though I enjoy the hell, but out now of they're it, bringing it to the states, so maybe they put more Americans in it. I don't know because there's only night one is the only one that's going to be in the states, and that's in Houston, and then everything goes back to Japan after that, which is cool. Yeah. But I don't want to see more. I don't want to see more people. I think it's fine the way it is because you have that round robin format. And everybody has to wrestle everybody with the points. Uh, I don't need more wrestlers. I don't. No, G1 seems perfect. Super Juniors was perfect. But this year's card has some really good surprises. Bandito's in it. Yep. So that ROH payoff is, is coming through. 
that's going to be really fun. Osprey, of course, uh, in which I didn't think I'd see Osprey in it this year. I thought winning the never open weight title meant he was going up. He wasn't going to be a junior anymore. But maybe they they felt they were a little thin on star power. Um, same thing with uh, who else is in this? I feel like there's a couple guys who I didn't think I would see in this, and I'm trying to pull it up now because it got taken down. Um, but they lose a guy like what Kushida has been in it forever. Yeah, always no. been a part. Yeah, no longer in it. And then you have some guys, like you said, AEW guys going on, the Young Bucks. You guys, Yo and Show kind of to take that tag team, <laughs> tag team, you know, split guys on opposite of brackets, have them go at each other. Uh, Rocky Romero's in it. I did not expect. I really don't need to see Rocky Romero wrestle anymore, but that'll be interesting. Uh, Marty Skrull is who I was thinking of. So Skrull's still in this. He's a guy I don't think is ever going to get like a New Japan push anymore because everyone knows where he's going, but he's in the tournament. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, who's had a pretty dis- decent year at ROH. We'll see how they use him. Gresham's and, actually a really talented wrestler. He uh, is. He's had some good matches this year in ROH. I mean, he's got his good matches everywhere. Like, I got a chance to see him a lot during WrestleMania weekend. Like, if you've seen him in, like, Rev Pro. His match with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. was excellent. Like, he, the kid can go. He's tiny, though. Jesus Christ, he's small. Wasn't he at Wally Mania? Nah, I don't... Well, if he was, I didn't see him. But I, I saw him at a couple of indie shows, and I stood next to him, and he's like... He's got to be like 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> uh, Flip Gordon will be in it as well. So, oddly enough, Taka Michinoku. Yeah. I didn't even know he was still wrestling. Occasionally. He came, came out of nowhere. And then there's like... When I look up the card, it just says X... As the 20th member, but there's rumors that, like, there's this new Bullet Club guy. Yeah. El Fantasmo. Like, I, I oh, think I, El Fantasmo. I put, him, I put him in the uh, the group chat, like, a couple months ago. It's really good. But he's supposed to be in the Bullet Club. We'll see because they haven't announced him. Uh, but, yeah, Shingo's in this. I mean, it's going to be good. Look, New Japan. Usually I like Super Juniors as much, if not better, than all the other tournaments. Yes, including G1. This year really. I feel it's not going to get there. I, you know, I love the flippy shit. So when it was Ricochet, Osprey, blah, blah. Um, but now, yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking G1 takes the cake for me this year. Gee, I think G1's always a better tournament, but Super Juniors isn't too far behind. But, I mean, either way, it just feels like, which now we can segue into WWE. <sighs> Fuck, man. I don't know what the, what's, what's going on with the world wrestling entertainment. What is what is this? I don't know. They at this point, the only thing that'll save them is them throwing all the money at Gato and saying, "Come and book our shows." Like, won't let that happen. No, no, he wouldn't. But tell me that that's that's a power play. Stop signing talent. Sign the man behind the talent. You want to do some crazy shit? Um, no, but it wouldn't happen. Gato in New Japan, it's just synonymous. But that'd be some wild shit to think about. Uh, no, WWE Vince is just throwing stuff at the wall. This and people say this Fox merger and. Going to Fox SmackDown Live is so far off. Six months is right around the corner, to be yeah, honest. Like, that shit flies. And it seems like he's just throwing everything out there to see what sticks. And I, it's just not hitting. Like, you can't change the War Raiders' names three times in two weeks. Dude, the best part about them coming out, the best part, because it was all bad, was the fan that was, like, in the, he was on the risers, and he was like, please give the War Raiders their name back. He had a sign. It's like the best shit in that match because 
Yo, they were doing the war, 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 and the crowd had no clue what they were doing. It's, it's, they are dead on arrival. Like, anybody wants to argue with me with this? Fine. Let's go ahead and argue this. War Raiders, DOA. Authors of Pain, DOA. Dead on arrival. They don't have a shot. I didn't even know the Authors of Pain was still on the roster. Exactly. The issue with the War Raiders is kind of the similar issues with the Authors of Pain. The, the talents that get over on the main roster have some kind of personality. We've not seen any inkling of personality from the War Raiders, just like with the Authors of Pain. So when they show up, who's cutting promos? Somebody better cut a Viking promo. Like, it's, it's bad. Like, it's really bad for them. Between the like, two of them, somebody better be able to cut a promo. Like, Heavy Machinery will get a push before the Raw Raiders. Like, they, they'll probably try to push them. I like them. Heavy Machinery, even though I haven't seen them since the shakeup either. That's what, but, dog, man, it's, that, like, this is indicative of everything that's wrong. With, like, Raw, like, there was some people who was like, I, I liked Raw. I hated Raw. And it was one of the things about, like, I hated it. And I'm not going to say it was the worst Raw of the year. It might have been, in my eyes. Because uh, that Raw Mania was excruciatingly bad. But but dog, they undercut everything on this particular Raw. They gave. I, I'll start with this: adding special effects to Ricochet's entrance makes it corny as fuck. We can start there. They I'm, add I'm the special right, effects sounds that they added because they do the same with Aleister Black. When the when the thing goes up, they added that creaky shit that they didn't have in NXT. Yeah, makes it corny. It's unnecessary. It's overthinking things. We'll start there. <laughs> that was bad. The Becky Lynch match with Alicia Fox was fucking dreadful. Yeah, that makes no sense. Just for her to be hit with the woman right. Okay, yeah. I get it. Oh, my God. Look, look but, but I'll take it a step further. Becky Lynch just won two titles, yeah. right? She's about to drop both belts. Mm, I, well, I mean, the, this is all anticlimactic if they go this route. But with Becky Lynch winning, beating Ronda Rousey, who they've not mentioned at, at all since. They just, it's like she doesn't even exist anymore. Nope. Baby beating, World Tour time. Yeah, so it's like beating beating those two, Becky should be on top of the world. But now what they're doing is they're overexposing her by having her on both shows cutting promos every week. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the crowd is getting weary of it because there's really nothing Becky could do because there's really no adversary that's giving her a push. She's not working from under anymore. She's kind of working on top. And then you put her against Lacey Evans, who is, for all intents and purposes, trash in the ring. Yeah. You put her in there with Alicia Fox. Like, people like Kofi, Becky... Um, trying to think of other people who've had the title and kind of from working from under, who were underdogs who got the title. They, Daniel Bryan. You can't put them in there in matches where they don't look good because everything about them is about them looking good in the ring. Yeah. And Be- Be- Becky looking terrible against Alicia Fox reminds you how good Charlotte is as a ring general. It went back to all the shit I said about why Charlotte was in that match because Be- Becky left her own devices. She's never been like the best wrestler. Sasha's a better wrestler than Becky. Yeah. I mean, one-on-one matches, I would probably say so, yeah. I mean, think the about resume it. resume speaks for itself. That's what I'm But, I mean, I'm Becky... Well, when was... Like, Becky versus Charlotte was a great match, but you could blame just about as much of that on Charlotte as you can for Becky. Yeah. Becky isn't the type of talent... Becky versus Oscar is good. No, yeah. Becky needs the dance partner. Becky exactly. is Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, if you give her the wrong person, you're getting a snoozer. And th- that's my problem. Like, Becky's not carrying people to great matches. So when you put her in there and make her look bad, like, why are you making her look bad already? Because they like the character of Lacey Evans. Vince loves the character. They, he loves the look and all this stuff. That's cool, but there's no attachment to it. It's like Kevin Owens against Kofi, right? I, I think they pulled the trigger a little early on it, but cool. He needs an adversary for the next couple of months. 
right? So, but Kevin Owens has a back, like a backing of, okay, this guy's legitimate as a heel. It's not just a, a throw-in character. Lacey Evans has no no history. Nothing. And she, now she's getting a title no, shot. Yeah, there's no reason for her to get a title shot. So she's not good in-ring. Kevin Owens is good in-ring. She has no history of legitimacy. Kevin Owens does. Like, the programs are very similar, but the people, the heels in them are so different that Kofi's going to be fine and his main event makes sense and Becky's going to be shitted on. Because yeah. Lacey... What if Lacey wins? Why? Why? She, she, it'd be like her third on-air match between NXT and main roster. (laughs) Honest to God, she'd be champion after four televised matches. It's just bad. Now let's continue. Where else Raw got it wrong? You debut Cedric Alexander, and he fucking loses to Cesaro, who everybody was like, what? Ricochet lost too. Yeah, I mean. As a solo star. First time solo star, lost. but this is what I said a long time ago about people like Ricochet. They show up on the main roster, and somebody's got to be at the bottom. And and I don't think Ricochet should be losing to the newly re- uh, revitalized Robert Roode with a lumberjack mustache. Yeah. Because none of this makes sense. No. Ricochet has been a top talent, and he's great in ring. You have not established Robert Roode as a heel or anything for that matter. Mm. Couldn't Robert Roode go over on somebody else? Isn't the formula isn't the formula for heels to work the mic, get themselves over on the mic, get heat, and then put over the baby faces in the ring? Right? Isn't that the normal formula? Yeah, sure. They're this, working this, ass backwards. This wasn't working. Like <laughs> no, this is bad. They're they're putting good working baby faces in the ring to put over heels and, and, and try to give them it. heat. Yeah, like, that's ass backwards. It's the same so, thing with Becky. Like, no, you, you do it the opposite way. They got to get themselves over with the mic, get the crowd to hate them, and then they put over the guys in the ring. You're, you're working backwards here. Like, the whole Robert Roode thing is nonsensical because he should have turned a long time ago. And if you never had him turn against Chad Gable, what was the point of having him turn for no reason? Yeah, what was the point oh, with him tagging with Gable if you weren't going to turn? Nothing. Nothing. So in breaking up Cesaro, Cesaro and Sheamus is weird, but I guess whatever. But I feel like you're not going to do anything with Cesaro. So to have him go over on Cedric Alexander, a guy who nobody really knows unless you watch 205 Live, doesn't help Cedric Alexander. I hated Raw. Yeah. I hated everything about this. Except, like, I would like a if, heel Cesaro, though. I, but, I mean, what are they going to do with him? That's always been the problem with Cesaro. He's so good. And they never put him in the spot to succeed. Oh, yeah. You got to put him in like an IC match. Or even him, Rollins, would be good. Heel Cesaro gives you a lot of options, you know? Like, you, if your top heels are McIntyre... No, McIntyre's on a blue brand now? No, McIntyre's still on Raw. Okay, so McIntyre, Joe, and Cesaro, you're okay. Theoretically. Theoretically. If, if those are your three top heels. So, so here, cool here's, here's my next qualm. Yes, AJ, Ray, and, uh, and uh, Samoa Joe was a good opener, right? With a creative finish. Very good opener, yeah. Um, people were like, it's outstanding. It, wasn't outstanding. it was good. It was very good, yeah. Uh, but then your next match is Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and The Miz. Could these matches be too incredibly different? Oh, man. It, ba- is it time to stop pushing Baron Corbin? There, there's that was going to be my thing. Baron Corbin wins that match. Why? I don't fucking know. He's Drew easily Mac- the least talented yes. <laughs> in this match. Drew McIntyre should have won that match. Yep. Now, okay, whatever. He didn't. So now you go with AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin in a match. Everybody's like, what? 
and AJ goes over, and which is, sounds good in theory, but why are we doing the AJ Styles-Seth Rollins program now? Because uh, what we know... You got to carry Rollins, it through SummerSlam, too, so... Right. What we know is that Seth Rollins is not losing the title this quick. Hmm. Bigger issue is Seth Rollins and AJ Styles could be a legit-ass program if giving the right time, the right build, and the right stage. Money in the Bank ain't the right stage for this, guys. So I hate dog. I hated everything about Raw. Where the hell was Braun Strowman? Mm-hmm. I don't think he was on television. No, and it's and like he just wrecked EC three the week before. No EC three either. I, I don't. Again, I don't EC three needs his release. There are a lot of these guys do, and I said that last week. Let them go. Then you move to SmackDown, which was better, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But it's like you moved. You, you move Andrade back to lose to Finn Balor. All right. Well, that's going to be a program, so I'm okay with that. It's you like, lost, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, and fine. It's fine, whatever. Yeah, I don't, yes. I don't. It kind of tells you the state of the world, uh, WWE, when you move a guy one week and you just move him back the next week. Yeah. It's like I like that. Was, I like that feud for both of those guys, though. I do too. Yep. I do too. It's just, it was just weird that you had to put him on Raw to bring him back to SmackDown. That was yeah. weird. Very. Weird. Now you have Becky wrestling two matches at Money in the Bank. I don't fucking know why. I like know I know why. she's carrying two belts. But could she be in two completely different matches? Charlotte on one end, which you know you're going to get a good match, and Lacey on the other end? Now, if they run with Charlotte and Becky first, there's a chance Lacey Evans wins the Raw title. I will be miserable. Okay, so, yes. They have to go (laughs) Becky, Lacey first. Becky has to beat Lacey. Lacey has to attack Becky, injuring her for her later match against Charlotte. Charlotte takes advantage of it and wins the title back from Becky. So Becky doesn't look horrible. She has an excuse for losing to Charlotte because that's what happened with Lacey, and she fucked Becky up earlier in the day. So pers- again, I hate this. Like, it's the I best hate way to get the this. belt off her, though, right? Like, like I, I hate everything about this because why did she win two titles? If you're not going to condense the titles, it makes no sense. Like, like, really and, and which, which leads me to my point from several weeks ago. Did you really have to bury Asuka to get here? No. No, you did not. Because you know what? So- if Becky would have just won the one title, even with Charlotte in that shit, Charlotte could say, you know what? I need a belt and just go back to SmackDown, and then her and Asuka can have a full-ass program. Right. So in, that, that's this everything about the WWE. I hate just about everything that's going on. What else happened? Because um, who does Charlotte face if she wins this title? Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else on SmackDown? I mean, there's Ember Moon. Like, there's Bailey who just lost to Charlotte. I oh, mean, they okay. have Charlotte Bailey. I they you. have... Ember Moon would be a good option, but they, they have options. Oh, I right? like Ember Moon as an option too. Yeah, and I don't I don't mind, even though Vince, you know, he's like, oh, two Asians, put them together. But Asuka and uh, the Pirate Princess together would make a pretty good tag team, which I, is great. However, what are we doing with the Iconics? At first, like I said, I, I love cool the Iconics. I still love them losing. I don't care. I, I, They're fucking I don't hilarious. Love them losing. Like because now it is becoming a joke. Yeah. Because they lose every fucking week. They should cheat for each other, though, right? That, and they, that's, that's, what, like, that's what should be happening. Like, Edge and Christian cheated for each other. They, like, they constantly cheated. They got over all the time. But they were also great hands in the ring. Yeah. The Iconics have some work to do. So having them lose week in and week out, and with with idea that they're probably just going to retain those tag titles, and if they go over on Kyrie, like, I, honestly, Kyrie and Asuka need to just go ahead and wrestle Mandy and uh, What's-Her-Face. Oh, um, yeah, that'd actually be a good match. That, that's the route they need to go. The Iconics, they got to find a way to win. Yeah. Like, this, yeah. this losing shit is not cool. Money in the bank-wise, it'd be best to do that. So to do Kyrie Sane and Asuka versus 
whatever's left of Absolution, and then just put the Iconics on commentary. Because you get the best of all worlds, right? You don't need the yeah. Iconics in the ring wrestling. And then you have those other two girls going at each other for a later date to face the Iconics. And you drag out this title reign. Because once you put the Iconics in the ring with almost any female team, they just can't hold their water. No. So it's again, unbelievable for them to win. Unless you it, have them cheat every week, and then it becomes believable. Right. So th- there's the problem with that. The Kevin Owens turn, we all saw it coming. Yeah. Whatever. I enjoyed it while it lasted, though. The new yeah, New Day was a hilarious gimmick. Yeah. and I mean, I like Kevin it. Owens is so good. Yeah. And he, he needed to be in the title picture. So I, I understand this. My only, I have a, a mild concern is that they got three weeks to, to keep doing this. Because um, they had him turn this week, which I felt like I could have had the turn next week. But that's like apples and oranges. I don't care. It's not that yeah. serious. Um, I do. I, I enjoy that program. Kofi versus Kevin Owens should be a great match. Yep. It's just everything else on Raw is like, dog, I know that WrestleMania is supposed to be like the season finale sometimes. But a lot of shit just doesn't make sense. Like fucking Roman Reigns and Elias. I get it. And it makes sense because you don't want to throw Roman Reigns into a title picture. Yeah. But it's like And it's change. a good heel for, for Roman to chase. Like I Elias will, will cut good promos. Roman doesn't have to talk and get booed all the fucking time. But it, um But here's my thing. I like it. And it boosts Elias a little bit. If you're not gonna have the man win, this is at least a good program for him to be in. It makes him feel bigger than he is. So but my thing is this. Why did we just end the Shane Miz thing? I felt like it still had legs on it. I felt like the, you it know was the a quick way- blow off. Yeah, like, <laughs> they just were like fuck it, we're done with this. Yep. And Shane's still doing the best in the world thing. Like, if I feel unfulfilled, like yeah. I feel like Miz and Shane had a lot more to give us. Well, only like, because Miz didn't go over at Mania. Which, but so I was, Shane but gets I, over on him, and Miz really doesn't get equal retribution. Right? He beats him on Raw. Like, wow. I had said that. Like I said, like Miz is going to lose at WrestleMania to Shane, and they can carry this program out. It shouldn't end here. There's yeah. a lot of heat. They work well together. They can do another gimmick match. They can do a cage match. They can do something. But to end this feud, now have Shane. Like, another thing, the Vince McMahon presence doesn't have the impact it once did. No, no, no. So I'm Roman Reigns punching Vince, I could care less. Yeah. And it, wasn't, it wasn't the Owen Ted one. Yeah, and having and even that had no payoff when you really think about it. No, it he had, it just was like, all right, cool, let's move on. <laughs> like, AJ decking Vince, remember that? Yeah, that was good. But what did it lead to? Nothing, but in the moment it was very good. That's all I'm saying. This like, wasn't even good in the moment. This none of this <laughs> shit matters. But having Shane like linked to Elias for this Roman Reigns feud, like this is dumb. If you were gonna have Shane linked to anyone, I would have liked Shane to be on Raw, and him and Miz keep going. But you link Shane to Braun Strowman. I think Braun Strowman being a monster for a Shane McMahon corporation type thing and doing his bidding against Miz, that would have been good. Maybe. I just anyway, it's all bad. Don't care about any of it. Um, <laughs> well, not all bad. We have Kevin Owens back. And Sami Zayn. We can't go past Sami Zayn. Asshole cool. Sami Zayn is great. Uh, I don't know what said, they're gonna do with him, but this shit is gold. They they have to figure this out because when he said, Y'all all need to take a vacation and go to hell, I <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> that that was, shit is so funny. He's just so obnoxious. He's coming out his dances. Yo, he cracks himself up. I love that shit. So yeah. Sami Zayn, and you know he's going to deliver in-ring. He just needs the right program. But until they find it, I'll take this promo every week. And then uh, the other one is Bray Wyatt. I like this Bray Wyatt shit. Mr. Rogers-style Bray Wyatt is going to turn real creepy. I hope so. Um, 
is. You can't have a everything... non-creepy. And I, I, I wouldn't mind a Sister Abigail is a thing. Like, Nikki Cross got to do something. I think it's going to turn real creepy. I need Riverboat Bray back. I just hope, I hope you're right. Because I keep watching this and every, dog, it doesn't matter who, what program it is, but whenever they do shit like this and they have these, like, couple week bills and they debut the character, I always go back to fucking Brodus Clay. I can't help it. Oh, I think God. about they built Brodus Clay to be this monster. When he showed up, he was the fucking dancing Funkosaurus. And, <laughs> I was, and, and that's what I like. I look at Bray Wyatt. And I'm like, man, like there is so much genius in Bray Wyatt. But I have a feeling that I get worried because like, what are they going to do with it? Like, how long are they going to carry this out? Is he going to end up like fucking Doink the Clown? Like, I don't know. But I hope you're right. And he goes this creepy route. But if he doesn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Put it like that. Are the revival on SmackDown? No, the revival on Raw. They were feuding with the Usos, which is another. No, I looked at that. Oh, they match. cut backstage promos. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at that, which the Usos are phenomenal backstage promos. They have gotten so much better. I was watching NXT from like 2013 and watching them, and I'm like, yo, they are so much better. Oh, as soon as they let them go, like full, like hood Usos, that shit took oh, off. They're fantastic, and they're them cutting promos on the revival. Like I'm looking at that program, and I'm like, yo, that's better than any shit on Raw right now. That tag match, if they were in NXT. It's a five-star tag match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If they're given time, that could be match of the night, Money in the Bank. Dog, those... Like, I was just looking at them. I was like, holy shit. That could be an exceptional match. And they could cut promos and everything. Like, they should... One of those guys should have the title. And that's my other gripe. Hawkins and Ryder are still the champs. I don't know why. Why are we even here doing this shit anymore? Like, why? They got the titles at WrestleMania. They need to lose them. But they're not even involved in anything. (laughs) <laughs> they're not I don't, it's that's a good question what the hell are they doing oh they're against uh viking raiders right they gotta drop those belts you can't have your least talented tag team be your champions i mean and then on smackdown you got two old guys no disrespect to the hardy boys it's you know i don't know what I, other tag teams are on smackdown either those belts it, weren't even on tv yeah, like the bar was there. They're gone now. Like it's this is all very strange. And then ultimately, I need to know why are they never going to acknowledge that the War Viking Raiders experience were never NXT champions? They have not even mentioned this shit. No, but it's funny because the Street Profits cut a promo today on Instagram, where most NXT promos live. Uh, they're very good though, and they were clowning them for their name changes. I mean, you got to roll roasting. With <laughs> he was, they looked at their contract they're like who do we face with the tag titles tonight they're like the Vikings who the hell are the Vikings you know, this, this shit was hilarious Montez Ford is gold Yeah. sooner or but later they, he's gonna you know he's gonna be a solo star they, they have to realize that they brought the War Raiders up too quick they, they were never really established they came they won the titles they didn't wrestle for like weeks at a time and now they're on Raw and nobody knows who they are yeah, it, it's weird. It feels like they just got to NXT and hit their stride. So, Lord knows what's, what's going on there. And we'll see how NXT pans out with all these people moving up. Uh, now, that's another week, man. The wrestling just bummed us out. We started on such a good high note. <laughs> this happens every week. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media, at the corner LSN on all platforms. Me, at Kel Dansby, him, at Andreas Hill. Support us on Patreon, The Corner Podcast. A lot of good content. We're going to be rolling out more content uh, on there every week should be fun. I want to start up Q&As on there. Make sure it's a real community on there for us to talk and have constant interaction on Patreon and give you guys your money's worth. So we're really going to pick that up. 
and a lot of good announcements coming in the future. We're definitely taking off and expanding our podcast to, to different levels, and it's all because of you guys, and a lot of, a lot of it's because of our Patreon followers as well. And then also our live show, May 23rd. It's a Thursday, kicking off Memorial Day weekend, downtown Las Vegas, the Nerd Bar. Going to be great. If you guys haven't been there, it's amazing. They got a full octagon in the middle of the bar. So that's going to be dope. We have a full stage. It's going to be drinks. It's going to be laughs. Three different podcasts. It's going to be the Corner and Friends live show. Don't miss out. Tickets are available now on Eventbrite. The links are in all of our stuff. Make sure you guys support that too. Whew, Dre, we got a lot of shit going on. And it's only going to get busier. So, yeah, this is a fun time. Until next week, though, guys, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.